fell in love with Dr. Centron's research and her um, devotion to help children to unlock their genius and to be able to learn um, to read and write in, in, in a different way. So I was able to really dive into the information that Dr. Centron has researched in her program. I purchased her program in August and started using it right away in September. And my daughter has grown seven reading levels and we're not even finished with the school year yet. Dr. Marianne here. I've given so much information how to help elementary school kids learn to read, how to help middle school, and how to help adults. And I really wondered how I should start this new year off. And I thought I would go into one of my previous assessments of an adult male that I tested and go through some of the challenges he had with reading. Now, I need you to remember, a dyslexic adults struggle with the th- same issues that elementary and middle school kids struggle with, and that's omitting and adding letters and syllables. They're going to glance and guess at the words, and they're going to leave articles out. They're not going to capitalize their sentences. They're not going to put punctuation in. So there's many similarities because we need to retrain the brain of a dyslexic person. So um, I'm going to talk about my reading program that retrains the left side of the brain, the left hemisphere, because we send music to the right side of the brain. And I'll talk about that at the end. But what I want to talk about, first of all, is imagine a 30 or 40-year-old person who wants to go on a date, can't read the menu, or can't read um, their Bible, or they can't read interest magazines, they can't read books. Other people are reading all these books and they say, you should read it, try it, but they can't read self-help books. They can't read um, warning labels. And what about the job application? If a person can't fill out their own job application, I had an adult tell me that he felt like a liar and a cheat because he had to um, have someone fill it out for him. And I recently even helped a college student fill out a college application. It, it's very, very frustrating for adults who can't read and write. So what I wanted to address was when we assess for dyslexia, we actually look for what's called a reading fluency. There's a rate that the person reads at, which is the speed. There's the accuracy, how many errors they make when they're reading, and that includes omissions, deletions, substitutions. And then we total the uh, rate and the accuracy, and we get a score called fluency. Then we have another score called comprehension. And so that's what we look at for the reading component. Now, there's actually an intelligence component and dyslexic kids have average to high intelligence. And then there's a phonological component. And so there's the three components that um, de- define the eligibility requirements for having dyslexia. So what I wanna share is one of the tests of, well, actually I have three of the tests I've looked at for this 40 year old student. Now imagine these words, era, Inventor, invention, became, 
essential, and directly. Now, the first thing that gets my attention is, does the person know what the word means? Because you need to have comprehension. And if the person doesn't know what that word means, they're not going to really understand how to how to read it because they're not going to know what it is. It's not going to be familiar to them. And then on top of that, they're not going to know how to spell it. So words like invention and essential, those are words that have to be explicitly taught to a dyslexic person because there's the shh sound when there's no sh in the word. So the word era, it's a period of time, right? So when a person's reading a book, they're going to come across that word. Or when they're watching a TV show or even hearing a lecture, they're going to hear that word era. So it might explain in itself what it is because of a context clue. But dyslexic people typically need to be taught what words mean. So with the word invention, you're going to look at the the root word, which would be invent. And from that word, we have inventor and we have invention. And then we have a trick to teach how we, you know, how we spell the T-I-O-N, which says shun. Now, that's different from essential because essential is just a word. You know, this is essential. This is important. You got to do it. There's no root word to um, morph the word into other words. So and I love how in English we find a root word and we could make many other words out of a root word. Then we have the word became and we have the word directly. So directly, the word direct, and then we add L-Y. And then what about the word became? They have to be taught that it's a past tense of the word become. So these are five words with totally different ways to teach them, right? Era, invention, became, essential, and directly. So this young man got those errors. And even though he got five, he got four comprehension questions correctly out of five, he did not even score for fluency. So I couldn't even continue with fluency for him. So that we call it bottomed him out or he hit his ceiling. So I want to show you that teaching those five words would take 10 days if you use the Orton-Gillingham model, because whenever you teach a concept, you want to review it the next day. Okay, so now I'm going to go on to test two. Now, when a, when a student or an adult is comprehending just fine, we keep on having them read and we don't, um, we don't stop so. So this next test, this young man got five out of five comprehension right. But these are the words he struggled with. Many, aided, efforts, ripened, increasingly, poverty, convinced, nonviolence, and led. So I think it's really interesting. We have past tense here. We have the past tense of ripen with ed. We have the past tense of convince with ed. But when you had to add ed, 
The other word, we only added the D. And then we had the word lead. Three little letters. And this young man couldn't pronounce it because maybe he didn't understand it in the context. So comprehension is the first thing. Oh, aided. So when you add an ED, you have a root word. And I always underline the root word. And usually you could um, add different suffixes to the words to have multiple words. So aid becomes aided. Ripen becomes ripened. Um, and that real word is ripe. Okay, so ripened. Um, what about the word increasingly? So you have increase, increasingly, four syllables. That has to be broken down. So a lot of our adults have trouble with multisyllabic words. And we have the word poverty. Um, so some of these very easily are very easy to teach. Some have to really be broken down. This would be, this is nine words. So this would be 18 days to teach these words. So in this exercise, um, the student added an S to a word, which let me ask you, the word protest. You could have it as a verb that you pro he protests something, right? That would be present tense of a verb. But what if you read about protest marches? You don't want to add an S to protest right there. So those are some common errors that people will make. They'll add an S because it makes sense. They've always added an S and it works. But when you have a noun, especially when it's on the next line, which it was here, there's that glancing and guessing again. So when this young man also omitted the word of, that skews the, it messes up the understanding of the sentence. And if you replace the word and with to, it might not be a big deal in reading, but it goes against your fluency score. Every, every little error is going to add up. So again, this young man got no fluency score. So this is my challenge to you. I'm going to give you a spelling test. Now, this is the thing I want you to be aware of. You have to understand what the word is. You have to be able to read it. And then if you can read it comfortably, you have to you can spell it or you have to learn how to spell it. So I'm going to give you a challenge. I want you to put spell the word. And if you don't know what it means, just put a line. And then um, if you spell it and you think you know how to read it, I want you to put a plus next to it. Okay, let's see how you test yourself. The first word is deputy. 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 I'll repeat these three times for you, all right? The next word is nervously. Nervously, nervously. Now, if you need to pause this to write it out and spell it out, do that. If you need to pause this and go get a piece of paper, let's do that, okay? Number three is pondered, pondered. I'll just repeat them twice. Number four, appointed, appointed. 
Number five, escort, escort. Number six, Preston, Preston. Number seven, cunning, cunning. Now, if you don't know what that means, just put a line. Okay, you can try to spell it, but it's if you don't know understand what it is, you probably won't spell it correctly. The next one is eluded, eluded. Then we have surrendering, surrendering. I should number these. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay. Number 10 is cautioned, cautioned. Number 11, treacherous, treacherous. Number 12 is possibly, possibly. Number 13 is criminal, criminal. Number 14 is evidence, evidence. Number 15 is motive, motive. Number 16 is delivered, delivered. Number 17 is sympathetic, sympathetic. Number 18 is courteous, courteous. Number 19 is utterly, utterly. Number 20 is form, form. 21 is perfectly, perfectly. And 22, the last one, is conceal, conceal. So um, I'm very curious if you would write in the comments how many you got correct. I would love to hear from you. And also I wanted to mention that when you have a word, like testimony that ends in a Y, but you substitute IES, plural, for testimonies. And obviously that's going to be spelled incorrectly. If you if you are making a substitution that doesn't belong there, it's because you don't understand it. And of course you wouldn't spell it right. So let me know how you did with that test. And if this is a college professor, if you're a college professor, Give this to your students. See how they do. This could be a red flag of what students could have dyslexia. But what I want to ask you now, well, I want to share with you why my reading program is so different than the Orton-Gillingham model that would actually take two days to teach every skill. So every word has a different skill. So you need two days to teach it. You know how long that would take to teach this? So why I'm such a strong advocate about using music and with my reading program that was designed to use with my music app, music is sent in the left ear with an, e with an earphone, and it's going to go to the right angular gyrus and give it a job it likes to do so it doesn't take over the reading. And then I've got spelling tests every day 
that go in the right ear in the same app and you play it in an earphone or your ear pod in your right ear, it's going to cross over to the left angular gyrus and strengthen the left angular gyrus like Pilates of the brain. So you can't really do this when you're doing the Orton-Gillingham instruction that changes up every five and 10 minutes. The way you can do this, you start with phonogram cards, you start with the sound circles, and then you um, continue with sound circles. Then you read in my phonics book. You put the the app in the left ear that's going to play music only. The first uh, little icon you see on my app is music only, classical. And that music is going to go to the left angular, the right angular gyrus as your um, student or child is um, reading phonics. And it's it's really cool because it's auditory and visual discrimination. It's going to include T-I-O-U-S, all, all these E-O-U-S, all these different T-I-O-N these, these, they call them demon words, you know, it's going to include a mixture of concepts and skills, but it's okay because your student's going to be strengthening their left side of the brain, which is the language center in non-dyslexic people. So then you work in the phonics book, reading, then I have some workbooks, grammar tricks, phonics tricks, and your child works in the, um, phonics tricks for 10 minutes. And then we take a break and work with a whiteboard activity. And then they work in the grammar tricks and they're playing music in the left side of the, in their left ear, which is what? Going to go to the right side of the brain, give it a job it likes to do. So it strengthens the left angular gyrus. Then at the end of the lesson, you do my music app. It's on iOS and Android. It's called CD. MS, CD, MS, Centron Dyslexia, oh, CDSM, sorry, Centron Dyslexia Solutions with Music, CDSM. So it's on Android and iOS. And if your child isn't ready to write the full word, have them write the beginning sound to start or have them write um, the first syllable if the words are too difficult. But this is where a dichotic method of learning is used, where one input goes in one ear and another input goes to the other ear. This is called a dichotic method of learning. And actually, what we're calling this is enhanced lateralization. If you look at my research from the from the three books that I wrote upon about using music with teaching, reading, and they're on my back shelf there. You can find those on Amazon if you look for dyslexia and Dr. Marianne Sintron. I talk about enhanced lateralization. So lateralization is, you know, crossing the information from the left side of the brain to the right and back and forth. This is enhancing it. When you use music in the left ear, it crosses to the right side of the brain. Spelling exercises in the right ear cross to the left side of the brain. You are bypassing the corpus callosum, which is been referred to as a lazy referee. So when your child is reading, they're not getting the processing slowed down. So auditory and visual processing speeds up. So anyway, this is 
maybe Dyslexia 101, how to help your adult child with reading. And it's real unfortunate we haven't gotten that person diagnosed before third grade because statistics are showing that if kids aren't reading by fourth grade, they're at risk of dropping out of high school and going to prison, going into crime, going into gangs, doing uh, things that people will affirm them in, like criminal activity, and we don't want that. So it really is um, a social issue. It's a mental issue. We want to help build these children's self-esteem while they're young but and get them reading while they're young. So I'm going to uh, digress a little bit and talk to you about my reading program that I actually have developed and I have training uh, training lessons available to you if you want to work with your child as a homeschool parent, if you are in a charter school or you're a speech therapist or paraprofessional, even a classroom teacher, if you have a school district or a charter school that would allow you to work with these students, you can work with them one-on-one or two-on-one even when you have them with similar challenges. But you can um, you get the music app. And that's my step-by-step reading program. Also, I have targeted a special promotion for kinders and first graders. So I'm using Pleasant Rollins Read, Write, and Listen curriculum. And you can find all that on my homepage of my website, dyslexia-solutions.com. The Read, Write, and Listen, I have five-minute samples of what 24 books will look like. Now, this these are books that I'm actually doing explicit teaching with. So you can order the books through me or through um, ed, you, through the vendor, and you can um, sit right next to your child as they go through the book. Now, I'm going to be working with a student tomorrow who's a second language learner, and her parent ordered two sets of the book. So one book is for the child, one book is for me. So I'm going to be modeling writing and coloring and cutting as her four and a half year old child is working with me. And that's another thing I could talk to you about. If you have any questions, please email me at mcintron at mcintron at stepbystepdyslexiasolutions.com. You can call me 626-629-3024 or just go to my website and connect on, um, a, make a connection and an appointment where we can have a discovery call. I want to help you. And I want to end by saying we are a nonprofit organization. So what I'm putting together is for your help and for your child's help, your adults, adult uh, child's help. And I know as a parent, you're very anxious to help them. You're concerned. Uh, you just, Maybe they're not getting the right help that they need in school, and you want to talk to an expert. Well, here I am. I'm here for you. So bye for now, and thanks for listening to this message in its entirety, and Happy New Year. Bye-bye now. for listening to this podcast in its entirety. If what we shared today has inspired you, would you please visit our website, dyslexia-solutions.com and consider making a donation so that we can keep these podcasts going. 
Also, please subscribe to our channel and find me on, on Instagram, Marianne Cintron. Thank you again for tuning in and may God bless you.